Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. In our culture, we are not usually very familiar with sacrifice as a form of worship. Uh, The major religions in our culture and even a lot around the world, animal sacrifice is no longer a main part of the worship in that religion. But maybe in in traveling, and usually now that would be in a a foreign culture, you have actually observed uh, this act of sacrificing an animal as a part of worship. Uh, The the Samaritans still to this day uh, will sacrifice lambs for Passover. Uh, And I had the ability to to witness that once there on top of Mount Gerizim, Samaritan Passover, and they still bring in all the lambs and they slaughter them and they offer them up uh, as an offering and they're burned and you see these things. And and that's where uh, we need to almost come back to some of those images that aren't familiar in our time and our culture so that we can understand an image that we are going to see today in Romans 12, which tells us, each of us, that you are a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. That image would have you know, meant a lot to those that are reading this letter originally because they would see this all the time. We almost never see it. So let's think about sacrifice today. Let's look at this first verse of Romans chapter 12, where it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, we need to notice, like in many of Paul's letters, there is a shift that happens here, where uh, the first 11 chapters uh, really focus a lot on doctrine and what we need to believe and, and instruction in that way. Chapter 12 now will begin a pivot towards uh, many more imperatives, now very practical instruction. And it begins with this big thought that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And that's where when I read that, it does take me back to that night, uh, the Samaritan Passover. Because one thing you notice about these lambs, um, they give it all. I'm Literally, they die that night and they are put up on the altar. They, um, you know, are, are slaughtered. It, it costs them everything. And the logic here really is, this is our response to what Jesus has done. He was the propitiation. He was the atoning sacrifice. Jesus Christ gave it all for us He laid down his life. He gave his life for us. And now it's saying our response should be to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice. And one thing that should come to our mind with that is an image of completion, uh, right? There is no way for that lamb, that Passover lamb, to be half-sacrificed. 
You know, you're either you're in or you're out. It is a all-encompassing thing. And that's what it's calling for us. The response to what Jesus has done for us is not meant to be some kind of half-in, half-out thing. No, the, the response that makes sense, and even another possible translation there of uh, that last phrase, your spiritual worship. You might even have a note in your Bible that says, or your rational service. This is what makes sense. It, it only makes sense in light of what Jesus has done for us, for us to respond by giving everything to him. And the key word in that sentence was everything, because that is necessary in a sacrifice. The sacrifice gives everything. And so as we read Romans chapter 12, it's a good opportunity for us to really spend some time going before God. And I think first and foremost, remembering what he has done for us. We should remember what we have seen in the first 11 chapters. We should remember that I am not good. Not no, not not one. There's not one who is good, and I deserve to be contempt condemned. But God, in His mercy, has made a way for me, and it's offered to me as a gift because it was 100% earned by Jesus Christ, and I receive it by faith. And then through faith, I have I be partake in this grace and I stand in this grace and I have hope because I know that Jesus died for me and I can have confidence even in trials because I know that he is using them for my good and I know that God has set me free from sin. I just think of all the amazing things that we have seen and now we need to go before God and say, God, in light of all that you have done, Lord, I want to offer myself completely to you. I want to get up on the altar and say, God, I am yours. Do you see that difference? There's there's a difference between, um, you know, offering up things to God, because maybe you give or maybe you serve and you're saying, God, I'm giving you this. But the idea of a sacrifice is, God, I'm giving you me. I'm giving you all of me. I am all on the altar, a living sacrifice for you. And we need to spend some time in our our prayers, just affirming that commitment to God today, reflecting on what he has done and saying, yes, God, it's all yours. All of me belongs to you. And that will affect our minds. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That that means God, I'm offering you my mind and I'm not going to think like I used to. I'm not going to think like the world thinks. I want to be transformed in thinking a new way and thinking how you would want me to think. And as we get later in the chapter, we reach a point, and you'll see more of this uh, throughout the rest of Romans. While the the first, if you think of um, Romans as a symphony, right? There's these grand movements early on, uh, you know, with these chapters that take a chapter to make a a strong theological argument. And now as we get into chapter 12, we reach some, some sections that are very much staccato when it comes to music, just short, poppy, snappy, uh, right? Not making big grand 
grand arguments, but just firing off rapid fire uh, commands, imperatives that should be ways that we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice. You really sense that in verse 9 as you get into these very short, very straightforward commandments. And one one of those, what I'd encourage you is to at least have some of those that stand out to you and spend some time chewing on those today. Uh, personally, I've been very impacted by verse 12, which says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Uh, what a, an incredible verse that that is instructive to us in, in just about any situation, especially perhaps in unexpected situations in hard situations, whatever I'm going through, I'm going to rejoice in hope, knowing that my future is in heaven and God is using whatever is going on in my life for good. But I am also going to be patient in tribulation. I'm not going to whine in tribulation. I'm not going to get discouraged in tribulation. I'm going to know that this is temporary and this has a purpose. And and in those moments, I'm going to be constant in prayer. I'm going to be constant I'm going to, whatever trial is in my life, I'm going to keep bringing it to God. And then in verse 14, a lot of the things until the rest of the chapter really will apply in difficult relationships or in situations where you feel like you are on the wrong end of something relationally. And that's where I would encourage you, if a difficult relationship comes to mind, for you, I would encourage you to really think of that relationship as you read verses 14 through 21 and really ask God to show you what you need to do, because it will say some things that are not comfortable for us. There are some encouraging things. There's just even in verse 18, this reminder, if possible, so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all, just that reminder, hey, sometimes you will do everything you can, and this person will still mistreat you, will still be mad at you, and but you've done what you can. But this will challenge all of us just with... Um, even just the ideas of do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Or, or this idea that we should never repay evil for evil. Uh, those are hard things that grate against our flesh. But that's where it comes back to, hey, are you a living sacrifice or not? Are you laying it all on the altar for God? Or are you going to hold on to bitterness in a relationship? or hold on to some hard feelings towards somebody or some desire for vengeance? Or is that going to be something that you put on the altar as well? And hopefully those verses will help instruct us as we think through those kind of relationships. Let's go to the Old Testament now where we look at 2 Kings 6 through 8, and we continue to see the power of God working through Elisha. And one thing to note, if you're reading this and, and you see some things that you, you, you think might not make sense, for instance, you'll see Gehazi uh, talking in these chapters and you might say, wait, didn't he get leprosy? Well, one thing in our reading today is not all of this necessarily is recorded in uh, chronological Order. I think it's most likely that when Gehazi enters in chapter 8, it's actually um, kind of more of a flashback to before that 
that that happened. And, and that's you think, well, what what? That, no, that's that's fine. That that's in all kinds of histories. There might be just kind of a note that he's oh, we're talking about maybe this theme of famine, and and here's something that uh, you need to know. And it's not necessarily saying oh, this is the order that all of these things happened in, but it is giving us the history here. But you continue to see uh, some amazing uh, miracles that Elisha does. You see him make an axe head float there at the beginning of chapter six, this poor seminary student, this prophet in training who's worried, I borrowed that axe and I'm poor. I I can't repay that. And Elisha, uh, he throws the stick in and it floats. A miracle happens. And then there's this amazing story of how the king of Syria uh, is constantly thwarted because Elisha, I love what it says, uh, his you know servants say, hey, uh, this guy, Elisha, this prophet in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom, king of Syria. And so the king of Syria wants to get this guy and he surrounds him with an army and Elisha's servant is freaking out. And there's this amazing scene where Elisha says to his servant, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And God opens the eyes of this servant and he sees the mountains are full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, that the armies of the Lord were stronger than the armies of the king of Syria. And then he, uh, the Lord strikes all of these soldiers with blindness. Elisha leads them into Samaria, where now they're surrounded by their enemies, the Israelites, and then their, op- their eyes are opened. And the Israelite king says, oh, should I, should I kill them? And Elisha says, no, of course not. You didn't capture these guys. These guys have been given to you. Give them food and send them on their way. And then at the end of chapter six and into chapter seven, we see this amazing story uh, where uh, Samaria is surrounded and you even just see uh, just heart-wrenching things with how bad this famine is and how bad this siege is. But then you see again, God provide for his people. And you see even this one man who didn't have faith in what Elisha was saying, the consequences that he pays. And so let that just be another encouragement to us that we serve the God of Elisha. And that while he might not open your eyes to see horses and chariots of fire on the hills around you, he is still with his people. He still provides in amazing ways. He still, our God is still more mighty than the mightiest kings of the earth. Let's trust him. Let's trust his word. Let's rely on him and let's follow him because this is our God. And may we offer truly our lives as living sacrifices to him in light of not just the great and awesome and powerful God that he is, but in light of what he has done for us through the gospel, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf. May we respond by laying our lives completely on the altar as our act of worship to God. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.